Hawks got mighty close to beating the Pies in trying conditions, but couldn't quite get the job done in what was an entertaining, if poorly umpired, contest. We've got plenty of talking points from that game, plus a bit of a Box Hill recap and some AFLW updates. Let's get down to business. Welcome to another edition of the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason, and Tiz, there was at least one man that stood up in the wet, and I'm not talking about me and M10. Swashbuckling Jai. Is that, that can only be the bloke you're referring to, because it wasn't the umps, and it wasn't anyone else on Hawthorne's team. 23 touches, 13 of those contested, a team-high 8 clearances, a team-high 12 tackles, 406 metres gained, I'm not done, 5 score involvements, 35 pressure acts, 22 defensive half pressure acts, dug deep to Will Hawthorne back into the contest. Was there a more influential player out there? Probably Dacos. No, <laughs> With his cheap kicks around the back half. Oh, I don't no. think so. Didn't they write him up as a legend, though? I think Dacos, comparatively, had one tackle for the day. The only bloke that brought Hawthorne back into the contest was John Newcomb. He was incredible in that second term, and especially after half time, uh, in the rain. Warrior like. And your mate, Mitch Lewis, mm-hmm. kept hitting the scoreboard. The main event, four goals, 14 touches, a team by seven score involvements in what was arguably his best game for the club in not great conditions, must be said. So that they were the attacking threats. And I thought there was a good, it was starting to be a good combo between Nash and Newcomb. And then obviously James Sicily down the back. I mean, if we didn't have Sissa, mm. we wouldn't have got anywhere near this. Yeah, it's quite profound, the kind of influence that Sicily is commanding from game to game. Oh, well, it was just it was good to watch. Sicily at one end, more at the other, mm. both extremely good. Sicily with 24 touches, a team high, 11 intercepts to go with a team high, 631 metres gained, and it wasn't even close. Uh, one of our most consistent contributors for the game, it must be said, quarter to quarter, 100% game time, never came off. Wow. Uh and this was a this was a kind of game where we were lacking a four quarter effort on the whole. So for a guy to be that consistent from term to term, I, I think it's quite special. This is the kind of year where we're lacking a four quarter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've never re- it hasn't really come together ever, has it? Can you think of a certain like maybe Port Adelaide? Oh, I was furious at quarter time. Well, for, furious. for the Port Adelaide game, no, this this week. <laughs> I was going to say. Look, it's just absolutely furious, having seen what happened in Darwin last week and then yeah. for them to turn up like that yeah. in the first quarter again. I thought, well, nothing's changed. What are they? And then they stood up when the rain came. And the umpire, oh, my. Okay. Let's just get to the umpire right. get it out of my system. Yep. Because I was at the point where I was thinking the AFL, this is the worst product I've had to experience from the AFL mm. at the MCG for quite a long time. Can I just close... What what you shared with me? That I had to be talked back to my seat yeah, at halftime? Yeah, you, you were going to leave at halftime. <laughs> and I don't think that's... Well, in fury yeah, at yeah, the yeah. umpiring. Yeah, no, that's what I was about to clarify. I yeah. don't think it was anything to do with Hawthorne's performance. It was probably a bit like I was in M10. I was like... I, they completely what? inept. Yeah. I couldn't tell what was yeah. going to happen next. Thank goodness I had my earphones or I wouldn't have had any idea what half of them were for. I'm just standing there like, what has happened to the game? Like, this is... The worst I've seen in a long time. And I've seen some crap this year. Yeah. And this was worse than that. And we didn't get a thing. No. It was all one way. And it was a combination of like what was paid for them and what was missed for us. It's just comprehensively terrible. I would say by the end of the game, there were arguments on both sides where I feel like no supporters were happy. Yeah. Well, look, they were unprofessional. Hmm. They should have their wages docked. It was just that bad. (laughs) 
I yeah. I mean, the the media storm that's come out about it in the early part of this week has all been directed at. And then they come Paul back Collingwood. with Ginevan or whatever his name is, the, like the Ducks. And people don't know who you mean. Yeah. He should have had more freeze. Yeah. He shouldn't have had the first two in the first quarter. No, yeah. the AFL have signed off on this. They're like, no, nah, no, nah, we missed him. No, nah, you're right. Uh, like McRae comes out and, you know, he, he, he went to the AFL over this. I just can't help but think if Sam Mitchell goes to the AFL over the same game, how many frees are we meant to get? Yeah. There, was, there were tons yeah. that I that went begging. I just couldn't believe it. I'm like, okay, well. And then all the holding the ball decisions that weren't given, and then there's one given against Bruce in the final 30 seconds. Oh, when he takes about two steps in the wet. Yep. Yeah, that's real great game sense from the umpire. It's just, yeah. I don't know. Uh, I, I found it difficult to watch. I became very disenchanted with it. And the other thing was, we've got two more games at the G for the rest of the year. Yeah. Why do they treat us so badly? I don't know. And then you've got the school of thought where it's, well, that's a skill set to duck. And I'm like, well, you know, it's like if anyone's a fan of Goldeneye back in the day, you can pick odd job, but people hate you for it. Like, that's that's tantamount to cheating. That's not in the spirit of the game. You're trying to exploit something, and you're not playing fairly. Like, if you if you want to play it that way, you can. Yeah. Absolutely, you can. Mm-hmm. I'm saying it, it sucks. That's yeah, well, all I'm saying. I mean, saying. that little dog fella, what's his name? The, the short oh, one. Oh, Cody Waitman. Cody Waitman came out and said it was a skill set, and he's got two free kicks since he made that comment, <laughs> which I think is purely for the good of the game. Well, yeah. If you want to watch blokes feigning for free kicks and dramatising. That's not what I go to the footy for. No, neither. And I don't go to the footy to see all those free kicks, even though it helped us beat Brisbane and broke up their momentum. But that wasn't fun either. That's the thing. We won the game, but I wouldn't say that was an enjoyable display. Oh, I would. I enjoyed that. Oh, no. No, I don't like what's happened. I don't don't like the state of umpiring. Mate, the reason you go to the footy is Connor Nash. (laughs) 18 touches. Efficiency was down, granted. Yeah. But a team high inside 50s and also really just dug in in the second half. He cracked in, instrumental in the wet, and finished with six tackles, 36 pressure acts, the most of any hawk out there. Wow. So this is a guy that tried to will us over the line as much as Jai Newcomb. I thought Jai Newcomb was more influential, but Connor Nash had a real crack. Well, they certainly benefited from having a ruck this week. Didn't they? <laughs> They've got a taste for it. They exert the physicality against the opposition. And we got a few centre clearances, which almost always resulted in a, in a goal or a shot, at, shot on goal. When you see how they played in that first half, and then you see how they play in that second half, and mm. how quickly they were able to score. And we had several opportunities to just shut the gate on Collingwood. Yeah, we did. Yeah, that game was winnable, no doubt about it. And there were some questions about some of the matchups and whether DGB should have played and whether Gunston should have remained on the field, mm. which you've been telling me the medico said, well, we can't sub him out because he's just not sick enough. <laughs> well, that's, that's effectively what I gleaned from Sam Mitchell's press conference, which was, well, the medico's advice was that he was right to keep running out the game, and so we elected to keep him out there because... That was the advice that we got. It was okay. But I don't know. In retrospect, would they... Someone should have gone up and ankle tapped him. (laughs) And I'm talking about the doctor. Oh, right. (laughs) Of course, yeah. Well, we're lucky in that Gunson's injury was the same ankle, but uh, it's not a very significant one. So I would imagine he misses the flight to Perth. 
Yes, yeah, takes no. the three week break. Yeah, he's definitely not playing this week, which I already suspected. But I'm glad it's not significant. But yeah, I think if they had the time again, you'd probably sub Howe in. I don't, I don't think Gunston gave us enough to warrant him staying out there. It just wasn't right. Well, wasn't everyone right else call. games that part of the. I would have thought of another midfielder would have been handy in those conditions. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How might have been good in those conditions? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I want to give some honourable mentions. Uh, Ned Reeves, as you say, was one. Kyle Hardigan, who uh, you know, I've got. You're on, right. No, I know, right? No, I have gone on record on this podcast. He was saying very that, aggressive. I enjoyed the aggression. Well, he held his own. Mm. He was serviceable, and I didn't. When he was included, I didn't necessarily see a matchup for him. I didn't know what he specifically was going to bring to this game. But uh, I thought he did reasonably well. So credit where it's due. I've been harsh on him, but he stepped up. You're saving the best ones to last. I am. Sam Butler and Connor McDonald. Yep. You can't underestimate that they have slotted seamlessly into this lineup. Uh, for Butler, who what? That's his fourth game. Connor mm. McDonald, uh, off the top of my head, what? His sixth or seventh? Something like that. Uh, they kept it, trying to drop him and he wouldn't let him. <laughs> they couldn't let him go. Uh, that's That's incredible how much they've become a part of this team. And you don't feel like they're out of their depth, which I think is pretty special. Now, Nick, as the uh, self-appointed chairman of the Mitch Lewis fan base... (laughs) Even if I wanted to deny it, I couldn't. Switch to Mitch. I mean... Yeah, that's the receipt right there, isn't it? Yeah. 2018. Like, I've never seen a decal on a light switch like that before, to be quite (laughs) honest. Yep. Flick, flick the switch to Mitch. And I think that's an excellent way to say I'm going to bed. But... <laughs> it was a sweet dream, certainly. <laughs> but why doesn't he sign? Because oh, he doesn't have to. Why would you sign at this point? You keep on kicking the can down the road and your value goes higher and higher and higher. Does it? Well, potentially, yeah. He's in the form of his career. He's. I'm sure that Hawthorne... People ask me, why hasn't Hawthorne signed him? Hmm. Well, I'm sure they're keen. He's the they're num- not doing the AFLW thing. What do you mean? They've already signed like 12 people and they just drip feed us. Oh, mate, you know, maybe. Maybe they've got it in their back pocket. They're just going to tell everyone eventually. But uh, no, Hawthorne would want to sign him. He's our number one key forward. It's absolutely no question of that. But uh, in terms of Mitch Lewis coming to the table on it and signing on the dotted line... Um, I dare say his agent would be saying, oh, well, just just hold on. I think we can squeeze a few more dollars out of this. Right. So they're going to listen to rival offers and then bring them to the table against Hawthorne and go, will you match? Oh, well, surely, may- it's about, surely it's about years rather yeah. than... I, I mean, that, obviously that's where my insight ends. I don't, I don't know. What would I'm you just... do if you were Mitch? Well, he seems very happy at Hawthorne. That's mm. from all appearances he, he would want to stay. Right. And with the team's trajectory, I feel like we are evidently building towards something. (laughs) We're not going down the ladder. We're going up the ladder. Pretty hard to go down. (laughs) Come on. Uh, There's a a real footing there that seems quite happy to stay there. North, West Coast. Well, West Coast are new additions, aren't they? They didn't think they were there. Yeah, but they're certainly like leaning into it now. They, they are certainly leaning into it, yes. Uh, no, Mitch Lewis, I, I would hope, would be able to tell the improvement. If we can, if we as punters can see that there's a slow upward trajectory. Well, surely, surely Sam is partially responsible. And, and remember, Mitch got injured and then Sam had him straight back in the lineup yeah. and the other blokes were doing fine without Mitch there. He's assured of a number one key position forward spot. At right. this club, mm-hmm. he is going to be leading the charge of Hawthorne's revival. Like obviously, among other players too, but he is a key component of what Hawthorne's trying to build. 
and he has a real opportunity to be part of that and so, and part of something special. I would hope that that's enough to keep him around. But I don't blame him for, as I say, kicking the can down the road. I do. Adding, adding a few more dollars. Do. Why? No, Why? Stinks of that, disloyalty. No. That Just makes, sign already. No, it makes no business sense for him we to sign. We made him. Oh. We picked him up at 76. Kid could have been driving a bus now. <laughs> driving a bus? I don't know. Something he didn't want to do. As much as being the key forward for Hawthorne. <laughs> uh, I think uh, he's looking after his own interests. That's why he hasn't signed yet, I would say. I reckon his manager's just telling him not to sign just yeah. yet. Just yeah. holding him back. I bet I, I bet that... Mitch is at home practicing the signature. <laughs> I reckon you're right. I reckon it's the manager's in his ear just saying, Don't be don't be foolish about this. We can get you some more money, son. Don't, if you want to you want to stay with Hawthorne, great. We'll get you to stay with the club, and we can earn some more money. He wouldn't be doing his due diligence if he wasn't doing that, Mitch Lewis's manager. Anyway, that's to answer Lee's question. Lee at Hawk Talk Pod asking why we haven't signed Mitch Lewis yet. Uh, also wants to know about father-son prospect Jerome Lawrence. Jerry. <laughs> Jerry Jezza. <laughs> or Loza. Well, that'll be in the uh, in the mid-season review, where we look at who we might be getting in the draft next year. And just... What players we have to put through their paces by the end of the year to decide whether they stay on the list? Well, exactly right. I mean, let's quickly review in a nutshell. Son of former Hawk and 91 Premiership player Stephen Lawrence. Jerome's a 194-centimetre key position forward playing for the Oakley Chargers at the moment and looking very good. Uh, just booted 5-2 in a starring role against Colder Cannons this past weekend. Hawthorne do have priority access. Father-son pick. Uh, do we need a key position forward right now? Well, I mean, maybe that's Mitch Lewis looking over his shoulders, Jerry. I'll throw a, another another name into the mix, who's another one of my favourites. Emerson Jecker. Might be nervous? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's just incredible, Jecker. Yeah, no, so do I. So do I. I'm just saying, uh, if we do want to take a key position forward, you have to wonder, well, in terms of list balance... I tell you what probably happens, because he goes back. Maybe. And he was maybe. momentarily back against Collingwood. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw it, and you weren't at all happy that it was working, and then they turned tail on that. Yep, it did. I thought he looked quite good, Mm. and then back up forward. Yeah, I don't know. Don't know what they were thinking there. Uh, Staying with the defenders, though, Blake Hardwick, 14 touches, 18 intercepts on the weekend. He worked hard to blanket Ginnivan, who barely had an influence beyond that first term where he got those two cheapies. Yep. Well, I mean, that's what happens if you pretend you're a ragdoll every time you go to the footy. That's right. On his day, I think Dimmer is... A match winner. He doesn't get celebrated nearly enough, but he did a role here. Did a role on Charlie Cameron, I think, in the yep. Brisbane game. Uh, a really productive second quarter here to try and stop the bleeding, and I thought he was pretty essential to our fortunes in getting back into this game. Now, Scacey has a very good question, and one that I pondered during the game. Why was DGB omitted? There has been little to no conversation. How has Denver, being dropped to Box Hill, gone through to the keeper like this? Is there more to the story? I don't think so. Not everything has to be a clickbaity fox footy tweet. Like, DGV being omitted can just be through his performance against the Suns. He wasn't that good. Yeah. As were lots of others. <laughs> well, it's true enough. But he had so some, why is he hung out? Well, he had dry. some clangers. He had some physicality that went awry. Yeah. So his aggression sometimes gets misplaced. Right. So this is this is just 
you know, cool your jets. Oh, this is just me. You're being, not there yet. It's me being speculative. I don't know. Go back, get your touch, earn your spot again. Well, you ask Sam Mitchell. Those are the reasons I've speculated on. But uh, no, it was a funny one. I, I didn't expect that he'd be omitted, and there he was, out of the side. And for Hardigan as well, which I wouldn't have guessed. Well, must have not um, followed instructions is what I would assume. Yeah, yeah, there's probably a bit more to it. Um, you know, is there more to this story, asks Casey. Yeah, but I, I'm not not to the point of being worried or anything like that. I, I wouldn't be too concerned. Uh, he'll be back in the side soon enough. He is the future. Now, so. Brito shocked me with this lethargic sort of laid-back, total opposite of what I was like at the G. He says, how relaxing and development years. <laughs> it was the opposite of you. What are the chances of us having Max Noodle combo in the ruck? Max Noodle. Max Noodle, yeah. There you go. Wouldn't that be a nice change having two rucks available? Well, Hell yeah, I it actually would. thought this week that we probably didn't need the ruck. Yeah, not in the wet, but I think in the first half did it matter? Oh, well, no, <laughs> certainly not in the first half. It didn't matter, but I think going forward it would be nice to have two available. I was surprised just... how good Reeves was actually coming back from injury. Yeah, no, no he, he was. It was absolutely serviceable, given that. Yeah, as you say, he didn't have any touch in the VFL or anything like that. So yeah, hats off to him, but. Having the two available regularly and just having a stroke of luck with that stuff, I think it'd be nice. Uh, we want our full complement available and it'd be good to have. Hyde asks, how do we keep winning around the ground clearances and lose centre clearances so badly and mis- so often? It is mystifying, isn't it? And the fact that we keep on losing the centre clearances in almost identical fashion uh, again and again and again. Yeah, uh, Having the spare outlet uh, opposition player out the back who just does as they please after they received the footy, uh, I just... They seem to have an awful amount of time. Yep. Yeah, and it, it, it doesn't matter the opposition. Every week it happens multiple times, and I don't know if we're hunting the ball too overzealously, but even if that's true, we don't win it, so what's the point? A bit harsh? A little bit harsh. A little bit harsh. Well, we had a couple of good centre clearances. It's oh, just no, that it doesn't no. happen often enough. That's what I'm saying. I'm not saying there's zero merit to anything we're doing, but, uh, you know, it just... It's a project. If I keep on saying just, this week to week. If we just, you know, had parity in the midfield, we we would have won this easily. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, I guess it's a little bit damning as well that the sorts of things I was seeing during the, the latter Clarkson years are still happening now. I'm like, well, didn't we overhaul our coaching department? Haven't we got new players? I just, yeah, I don't know. It confuses me. Hard to change your running patterns. Yeah. yeah. Hard to change your instincts. Yeah, I think that's what it must come down to. But look, as we say, the midfield is a project. But they're improving. Oh, yeah. No doubt they're improving. But uh, I'd love to see Josh Ward back. Yes. Well, we'll get to that soon. We'll get to the team selection. He's just so natural. In, in, mm. This question from Aiden: We can still make the top eight. All we have to do is win every single game for the rest of the year. Just kidding, of course. But at the start of the Collingwood game, the commentators said it was like an elimination final for us. I didn't see it that way, though. What year do you reckon we'll make finals? Well, are Melbourne still a threat? <laughs> well, or are they done? Is that dynasty done? It's well, dash. Well, Melbourne did what all their fans were hoping for, and they went back to back. Oh, <laughs> can they go the three feet? <laughs> the wheels are coming off. The fact that the wheels came off in a very posh restaurant <laughs> is just so Melbourne. So, did you hear the rumor of what was said between? That's well, not rumor; it's been reported as fact. Well, Max Gorn has attempted to shoot it down. Oh, that that wasn't what was said. Yeah, that it was something else. Fight over the bill. (laughs) 
<laughs> might have been. Uh, but, you, but you're aware of what... Because I'll repeat it for our listeners, obviously. The insinuation from Stephen May... Uh, well, I say insinuation. He said it explicitly, reportedly... Yeah, that Melcham. That Melcham basically would have caused Melbourne to lose the grand yeah, final if, if he was part of the side. Mate, if you'd played, we'd have lost. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a horrible thing to say. Yeah. Even in jest, oh, I, yeah. This isn't, I mean, May has form. Campbell Brown famously socked him one too. Yeah. So I think that this is two fights he's mm. been on the wrong end of. And Melksham has to have surgery. Yeah, well, that's what happened. Never punch people in the mouth. People don't understand. It's, it's absolutely disgusting in there, the bacteria that live. <laughs> you ever get bit, always go get it cleaned at the hospital. There you go. See, the Hawk Talk podcast, educational as well as entertaining. So... <laughs> That's what we're here for. Anyway, uh, what year are we going to make finals? Can I be bold and suggest next year? Yes, you can be bold, but I would go for 2024 myself. Okay. No, that's fair enough. Usually a lull after the first year for a coach. Uh, speaking of finals, though, there's a team that's uh, rolling along very nicely at the moment and looking to uh, very soon establish themselves in the top four of the comp, and that is the Box Hill Hawks. They're currently sitting on fifth, only by percentage. Well, there's a few buys rolling around, aren't there, in the... Yeah, Box Hill, I think we just had a buy, but I think we've got another one coming up. That's weird. Yeah, it's weird the way they've scheduled things. Anyway, uh, we just made it six wins from seven games, beating uh, North Melbourne. Absolutely brutalising them, in fact. A poor North Melbourne outfit was on the end of, uh, geez, what margin is that? 71 points. The Hawks finished the game, plus 29 in disposals, plus 20 in inside 50s, plus 9 in clearances. And led all day. It was the dynamic duo of former Dogs players, Fergus Green and Ben Kavara, that combined well again for three goals each. In fact, Kavara had three goals, four, in 17 touches, which is probably his best game for the season. You're burying the lead, of course. Best player, Finn McGuinness. Yeah, wonderful day on the wing. 35 touches, seven marks, four clearances, and kicked one goal two. Superb production in the wet and arguably the best on ground. And James Warple, he had a good game too. 35 touches for Finn, 31 for James, but a massive 13 clearances and 11 inside 50s, which is what we hope to see from him. Yeah, a guy that's starting to perhaps recapture some confidence. I mean, it it doesn't hurt that you're playing against North Melbourne, who really gave nothing. Their coach was scathing about their performance. But yeah, Warpool cracked in, got his hands dirty, and was really instrumental in this win. And angry. Yeah. It's good to see. Josh Morris just... Fiddling around in the back half to non-existent, not or very poor, penetrating inside 50s from North Melbourne with James Blank wearing the 36, which was unfortunate. Yeah, I thought but they retired that Why number. are we having that go round again? I don't know. I some thought that people, was the end of it. Some people tell me that uh, Moore broke the curse, but mm. uh, why... Why give it an opportunity to come back? I thought part of breaking the curse was that the jumper was retired and right. that was it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But now it's back. It's like, okay, well, the curse wasn't broken. We're still giving players that jumper. Yeah. I mean, Demetrio and Ricky Nixon weren't enough, obviously. <laughs> Josh Morris and James Blank were two of our finest defenders on the day. Morris with 21 touches. Reproduced that kind of intent, aggression and strength that's been on show throughout a strong season for him. Rock solid across halfback for Box Hill. And I wouldn't mind him seeing being rewarded sooner or later, mate. I, I didn't think, say, Jarman Impey set the world on fire on You the thought weekend. I was too harsh the other week, didn't you? When I said he had less chance than Connor Nash of yeah. staying on the list? Yeah, no, I did. Well, we probably need to give him a chance. Like The, the clock's ticking and we've got to work out whether we want to retain him or not. Right. Can he be? He's a forward, though, and they're playing him off the half-back line. But he's doing so well there. So uh, what are we doing with him? Is he going to be a forward? Is he going to be a defender? I would say he's the latter. 
Okay. I think we've made that call for him and that's how we're going to use him. But we won't know if he's if he can play that role at AFL if we don't try him this year. I, I think if he if he doesn't get a senior game, it's probably curtains. He's probably done. I would say yes, that is correct. Yeah. Now, James Blank and DGB, how'd they go together? Do you think they're just trying to get those boys playing together before they select them for the AFL? That's some 4D chess thinking right there. Well, no, I because DGB didn't appear to be, you know, the scapegoat for Darwin, so they might be trying to get them gelling together in, in, in the VFL before yeah, they bring get, them both up. get some continuity. Yeah, well, I mean, I'll agree that he wasn't the reason, uh, Denver, that anything happened in Darwin the way that it did. Mm. Uh, Hence the rumour question. Other questions include Adrian, who's, uh, where's Connor Downey at with his footy? And doesn't seem to be doing a lot in the twos. And that is correct. He doesn't get a lot of the ball, does he? No, I mean, reading the, the coach's recap, um, no, I, I wouldn't worry about Connor pressing for selection this week or or soon, in fact. He's he's better than where he was. but So if it's not Connor and it's, and it's not Josh Morris, mm. Edward wants to know who from Brox Hill will be called up to the team next. Like the next debutant. Yeah. You'd have to say Long, who's currently out with a hamstring injury, which is about three weeks. Yep. He would have been next cab off the rank for me. Well, it was looking like that, but uh, I don't know. It's it's tough to say, which is a weird spot to be in after a 71-point win. You'd think that someone was pressing their case, but in terms of a debutante, I'm not too sure. In terms of an inclusion, you'd say Warple and Finn would be top of the pile, but... Saunders must have had a day out, surely. No, not really. Not as much as you'd think. Right, okay. Although he is, he's an exciting talent, but I don't know. Anyway, much more difficult game on Saturday. Box Hill versus Port Melbourne, one thirty-five pm Traditionally more difficult, yeah. Um, Port Melbourne down the second half of the ladder. But you just you never know with these two teams, do you? They always, always put on a good show. One thirty-five, as you say, at Box Hill City Oval on Saturday. Uh, the other game that's happening on Saturday... Fremantle versus Hawthorne at Optus Stadium at 4.10pm as we look to see who from Box Hill might come in or who was omitted or who had a week off uh, Surely against Frost comes in. Well, yeah, Frost should be available. Uh, well, he is available. He was suspended and should come straight back into the side. Jack Scrimshaw uh, has a concussion test. I would say probably not. Judging by the other concussions we've seen this year, they didn't come back in a week. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, Josh Ward, we haven't seen again. He's still listed as a concussion uh, Max Lynch as well, who obviously they're being cautious with. In terms of our outs, uh, Gunston, because of the ankle. Mm. Uh, Rumours about Mitch Lewis missing, maybe? Oh, why? A bit of a knee complaint, his right knee. So, you know, don't be surprised. Be disappointed, obviously, but don't be surprised. Okay, and then no one else is getting a look in apart from Josh Ward, who is onto his third, he had his third week out. Yeah, yep. Um, concussion, he'll be doing a test this week, but no one else is looking any anywhere near it. No, no. I mean, if we just go through the injury list, uh, Jack Gunston, as we say, two weeks. Jekka's still got two weeks to come. Seamus Mitchell now with an ankle slash shoulder complaint. So, And we've got <laughs> no idea when he's returning. No, that's a TBC. Ankle and shoulder? All right. Terrible luck. Ben McAvoy, we don't know when he's back. Uh, long two weeks. Phillips, three weeks. Uh, Max Lynch concussion we already covered and Tyler Brockman done for the season placed on the inactive list in fact as we yep. know because of what we did in the mid-season draft Views from the Nosebleeds wants to know how do we fit DGB Scrimshaw and Frost back in do they all get back in does Hardigan stay I would say Hardigan would be worried Yeah is there a matchup for him at Freo? 
Generally, there is, but at the moment, they've got some some injuries to their tall forwards. So Nat Fife might be playing forward. Okay, well, there's the matchup right there. Oh yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if Hardigan remains in the side. Uh, Scrimshaw might not get back in. Frost, I imagine, is the easy inclusion there. I'd say he's locked and loaded to come back into the side. James is talking about Nat Fife playing forward, and he sees Scrimshaw as a straight up match. What do you reckon about that? I'm not sure about that. Ah, oh, look, Fife would be terribly hard to play on, but Scrimshaw would be as good as any. Yeah, you reckon? Yeah. I'm thinking, I don't know, Impy maybe? Outclassed? No, it's just that you need you need to be a bit taller. Than, Nat Fife's pretty tall. Takes a very good overhead mark. Mm. Can't shoot for goal, as we know no, from the 2013 Grand <laughs> Final. It. I remember that. Uh, this question from Tim. Under the cover of the highest level of respect for his many years of service, what is the best way for the club to utilise Liam Shields as he enters the twilight of his career? Oh, I enjoyed his game. It was good. It was good against Collingwood, so it'd be a bit stiff to miss. But, I mean, it is the twilight, he knows. So, yeah. how do you handle that? It's just honesty. That's all it is. We're looking past Liam now, and uh, it's been a tremendous servant for the club, and he understands that... He's probably not pay- playing into next year. Yeah, he wouldn't be naive to it at all. And I would trust that Sam Mitchell, who, who just seems like a quality communicator. Well, that was a wonderful moment to have mm. Shields and Bruce celebrating in the same weekend. Um, total respect for both of them. They spoke so well during the week. I thought it was really good for Bruce to have Liam there with him, actually. Mm. I, if they'd been interviewed uh, solely, I think they would have got a lot less out of them. Yeah, yeah. Shields would know that he's occupying a spot. And we just mentioned two guys that potentially come in for his spot, Warple and Finn. Yeah, but Warple wouldn't push him out at the moment. It would be Finn, perhaps. Yeah, no, I agree with that. But I would just be saying that, yeah, there's there's guys coming through that will pinch his spot. It's not ambiguous as to how Liam Shields falls out of this lineup, and that that's just where it's at. He would have to know that. So given that... Do you think Finn actually plays in the centre, as Neil remarks? Well, it's something I want to see. You know, we bang on about the midfield doing the same thing, replicating the same thing week after week. I want to see a point of difference. We've got half a year left, and I want to see different faces doing different things in this lineup. Within reason, I, I suppose I mean across that part of the ground. So we need to combat Sarong and Brayshaw mm. on the weekend. Very good players. Of course, we're in a long game for Sarong. <laughs> Drafted his brother, trying yes. to get Caleb over. So mm-hmm. uh, what are we going to do about Brayshaw? He's been terrific. He should be leading the brown line. Mm-hmm. Uh, although he plays, you know, what do we say? Off-Broadway? Off-Broadway, yeah. yeah. I'm, a little, I'm a little bit concerned about what Frio might do to us, to be honest. Are you really? Yeah. Now, I've been talking up Frio for years, and they're finally hitting their straps. Yeah. But... I don't imagine they're going to pummel us, do you? It's always the midfield that concerns me. Yeah, I guess they are scoring well. Yeah. I thought Melbourne were well below par. Mm. And they lost to Collingwood recently. I guess the other thing that plays in our favour is, inexplicably, we do take it to the top teams. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So maybe anything's possible. No, we like to set ourselves. Uh, Speaking of setting ourselves, we actually have three games on the Saturday. And this one is the biggest of the lot. Saturday, June 11th, it's a qualifying final, Essendon versus Hawthorne. 
It's a VFLW action at 11.05am at Windy Hill. So it's a big game. There's going to be lots of jangling nerves before this one. Yeah, well, it's the sequel to the drawn game that only just a few weeks ago, and uh, we, we said we were going to get it out there. Unfortunately, the most I can do is stream it. I have commitments again, which is just going to be really tiresome. My actual career interfering with my love of footy. Especially on a weekend. What kind of career is yeah, that? Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. yeah. Dick move, really. It's a real dick move. I just want to watch the VFLW. I'll be able to stream most of it, which is good news, but uh, Essendon and Hawthorne are qualifying final. That should be an absolute ripper if the last game is any indication. You confident? Yeah, I'm confident. I'm confident, especially because we've had the week off. We had a number of players that in our most recent round didn't feature, either through injury or omission. They'll come back. So we did a bit of the Ross line, did we? Uh, in a couple just of senses, maybe. give yeah. them a little bit more time to... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm confident. I'm confident with it. I can't wait to see it. Uh, as we build towards uh, the AFLW, our inaugural AFLW season, we've got some more news. Yeah, yeah. You've already got this Cheshire cat-like <laughs> grin. Poor bloody North. Yeah, real Alice in Wonderland areas, this. <laughs> uh, as flagged on last week's podcast, Tiz, uh, Hawthorne was in the box seat to nab another talented player from North Melbourne's AFLW list. We weren't done. Weren't content with what we'd already taken from Arden Street. We went back for more. Sure enough, the Hawks secured the signature of one of the league's most experienced players, Caitlin Ashmore. Uh, the trade was completed for uh, Ashmore picks 26-27 of the Victorian draft, and we gave picks 23 and 41 to Melbourne and pick 32 to Richmond as part of a three-way trade. My head was spinning reading all of this stuff. So if you couldn't keep up, just rewind about 15 seconds and take all that in. Uh, interesting that... There was a, a bit of an Instagram comment from uh, Lee Ashmore, who I believe is the brother of Caitlin, who said, well done, little sis. Now get back to enjoying your football at a club that will support you. Ooh. <laughs> Wax. Spicy. Anyway, so we Always welcome... good when the big bro steps in. <laughs> we welcome uh, Caitlin Ashmore to the Hawthorne Football Club. There's actually been a whole lot of picks traded. Now, trading's done. So that right. trade period's done. There's been a whole lot of picks traded. It was doing my head in trying to keep up with it all. But for the for the Vic draft pool, okay, here's our hand ahead of the draft later this month. One, three, five, six, eleven, twelve, thirteen, forty. <laughs> Is that the Mitch Lewis pick? <laughs> it will be the Mitch Lewis pick, yeah. But how about that? Those first seven numbers <laughs> in the Vic draft, well, we've done very well for ourselves. I know we're an expansion club, as expected, but there's a lot to look forward to. 1, 3, 5, 6, 11, 12, 13, 40. Which just means you've got about an hour of <laughs> sitting there watching other clubs before the 40 comes up and we pass. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's when I get dinner. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, there's a lot to look. For. There's a lot happening with Hawthorne at the moment. It's pretty exciting. Uh, a big, big Saturday of footy, starting with the VFLW, rolling into Box Hill. Then you've got obviously Hawthorne Freo to come after that, and then it's all done into the rest of the long weekend. Yeah, it's our bye after that as well. And then, well, then I, I don't think we play any of the good teams for the rest of the year. Oh, the the dogs twice, don't we? We got Richmond too. I said what I said. Wow. <laughs> Uh, now if you like our stuff we'd really appreciate it if you could leave a rating or a review via Apple Podcasts 
Of course, it does make our day to read the lovely words of support, but it helps other hawkers find the show too. And that's what we're about, building the community around the podcast. And speaking of the community, you can join us over on Twitter, twitter.com slash hawktalkpod. And you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod. And of course, we're also on Instagram. But the big one for us is Patreon. By visiting our Patreon page and signing up as a subscriber, you're helping us to grow the podcast and put time to the show each and every week. And uh, right now, Tiz, we're going to give a very special shout out to our latest proud passionate and paid up subscriber welcome roger you're not going to do the monty python thing are you no i won't do the monty python thing i won't do life of brian i was awfully tempted to though uh thank you for getting on board roger and supporting the show lovely to have you uh now if you're listening to this and you're not yet a subscriber and you're interested in joining you can sign up at any tier on the patreon page starting from a dollar but uh, most people look at the bonus content and decide that's what they're after so for all the details for this head to patreon.com slash hawk talk pod and tis the quiz is out. Yep. Can I tell them what I got? No, no. It keeps some suspense. But you told me that it was the worst or the hardest Hawthorne quiz of all time. Yeah, it was meant to be hellish. Yeah. And what happened? Well, again, I'm not going to spoil that for people. Tail I want between them... your legs, mate. No, I'm not going to spoil it. I want people to sign up and listen. <laughs> Why would I, you know, need to put a bit of sizzle on it. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Your clues are crap. <laughs> There you go. Now you get into the swing of things. Absolutely. What was the what was the clue you gave me? Oh, uh, the first thing you said was it's in the last twenty years, and then you just gave me one year for some dubious stat. I don't think that was right, by the way. But I'm glad I got it. <laughs> well, it's plenty for people to sink their teeth into when they get on Patreon.com/slash/HawkTalkPod for some of that sweet, sweet bonus content. Yeah, and you went back to the forties. Yeah, it's, it's a Hawthorne quiz. That encapsulates the entire history of the club. No one reads that part of the history, mate. <laughs> yeah, I hate well, to tell enough. you, it's 61 and beyond. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, mate, that'll do us for this week. How are you feeling about the weekend? Oh, good. Going to be making sweet and sour pork on the barbecue wok. So you know what to do with some sizzle when you want to. <laughs> <laughs> that'll be it for the Hawk Talk podcast for another week. Uh, of course, we will be back next week to recap all the action from what is a stacked super saturday of football uh including the qualifying final the box hill clash and of course hawthorne taking on frio we'll catch you next week we are a happy team at hawthorne